Hello, Virginia Heffernan here. What you're about to hear is a teaser for today's episode of Trumpcast, which is available in full for Slate Plus members only. See how tempted you are now to sign up for Slate Plus? We've made one in four episodes exclusive to Slate Plus members because they help support the work we do on Trumpcast and help fund other Slate podcasts like Slow Burn. To sign up and hear this episode and every episode of Trumpcast in full, please visit slate.com slash Trumpcast plus. It's only $35 for the first year, and you'll get other benefits like ad-free podcasts and discounted tickets to live Slate events. So sign up now at slate.com slash Trumpcast plus, and thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Trumpcast. I'm Virginia Heffernan. Na 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 Hey Jude. Hmm? What's that? Oh, I'm just singing a coda in celebration of the fact that it's coda time here at Trumpcast. That's right. We got about nine shows left to get a rap about what happened with Trump's gruesome presidency, what's happening with his current janky coup, and what the future holds for our soon-to-be jailbird pauper when he loses access to money, power, and bronzer, when his face turns pallid and his jumpsuit turns orange. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. But we do have all that ahead on Trumpcast with a slate of magnificent guests. But we also have some wind down time because I promised at Trumpcast not to leave you till this is over. And I even promised to leave you better than I found you. That is, at some kind of equilibrium, sadder, but wiser, hopeful, enjoying glimmers of faith that the future might be better than the past. Na, 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 na. I also hope your vital signs will be looking up or down if it's blood pressure we're talking about. And when Joe is sworn in and Trumpcast folds its tents, we hope you'll have a soft landing and good new prospects on the horizon. Trumpcast does. After the Kamala Joe inauguration, a sequel show will roll into this feed, and it's a good one, that extends the themes and subjects of this show to talk about all the American institutions that failed us and how we might build them back better, as Joe says. So don't touch that dial. My guest today is the formidable Jack Goldsmith, legal scholar at Harvard, Hoover Fellow, and expert in international law. He's also a co-founder of the Lawfare blog. His new book with Bob Bauer is called After Trump, Reconstructing the Presidency. Hey, Jack, welcome to Trumpcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. All right, so you have a book called just two words. Well, one of the words, one word that's in the title of this show is unsettling, but paired with the other word in your title, I can handle it, after Trump. This is a really great way to think about the future, that someday, and we've said this on the show for four years, someday, you know, death or taxes or getting booted out will remove Trump from the main stage, and we will be able to think about life after him. So I'm glad you were able to kind of keep your eye on that moment through the slings and arrows of the last couple of years of the presidency. Thank you. Now, I know you cite, among other things in the book, Trump's pathological mendacity and his mercurial personality as representing insults 
to the office of the presidency. We've had lots of guests on this show try to summarize what distinguishes him from other presidents, what makes him the most appalling president. But of those mendacity or his personality or his conflicts of interest, what do you think? What trait or practice of Trump do you think did the most damage to the country in the last four years? It's very hard to pick out the worst sin or the worst personality characteristic. I mean, if I had to summarize it, I would say that we've never had a president who was completely uninformed about the nature of the office that he held and just every element of the office that he purported to exercise, he just abused. Most of his abuses were not actually, and this has been confounding to people, were not actually illegal acts. They were acts within presidential discretion that were things that no president would have, past president would have done. And a lot of it was at the verbal level. He said things that were hugely disruptive and destructive um, that no president would have considered saying. So it's, it's hard to summarize. I mean, he was, his authoritarian rhetoric was very damaging, even if he didn't always follow through. The massive conflict of interest between his public duty and his private interest with his business and the like, and not just his business, but his reelection and the like, mm -hmm. the extent to which he abused the pardon power. I mean, the list is long, but I would say the key characteristic is this is someone who was utterly indifferent to the kind of informal norms that define the office. And uh, he abused his power in many, many directions, even without violating the law. He used that word norms, which I've been puzzling over, I think, for four years. What are norms? I mean, I sort of, at various times, I've tried to substitute other words, but something about norms seems too weak to describe the things that Trump shattered. Well, first of all, let me say, we can talk about this later if you want. I'm not sure he shattered them. He violated mm. them, but whether he mm -hmm. shattered them depends on what happens next. But norms are usually distinguished from law, from legal obligations. And legal obligations are things that impose duties that if you and you don't carry those out, you violate the law and there are various legal remedies or, or related remedies. So you can be sued, you can be prosecuted, you can be impeached and the like. Mm -hmm. Norms are non-legal, but they're expectations of behavior and they inform the kind of culture of the institution and they... The reason they're norms is because it's thought to be the case that their violation will impose penalties, but not legal penalties, more like political penalties or social penalties. Mm -hmm. Norms have grown to be hugely important in governing the presidency since the post-Watergate era, since the post-Watergate, post-Vietnam round of reforms that we had in the 70s. The reason why norms have been so prevalent in regulating the presidency are several. One is some aspects of presidential power are very hard for Congress to regulate because of the Constitution. The Constitution gives the president vast power over the executive branch. And that means that if we want to control abuses within the executive branch, for example, the president weighing in on law enforcement matters that concern his own interests, it's very hard for Congress to regulate that under the Constitution. So we have we've built up a set of norms over the last 50 years, which presidents have basically complied with that prevent presidents from doing things like that. Now, the downside of norms and the thing that I think that I detected a note of skepticism in your question mm. is they, they don't have the same bite as law. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean they're not important and it doesn't mean they're not consequential. And in fact, they were actually hugely consequential even in the Trump administration. People haven't seen this, but 
norms operated quite robustly, even if not perfectly, to prevent a lot of Trump's abuses from becoming realized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can give you examples if you want. Yeah, please tell me. So remember when Trump was going to, everyone was sure we we're going to have a constitutional crisis because Trump was going to fire Mueller or Trump was going to stop the Mueller report? Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. And if you read volume two of the Mueller report, you see that Trump's many of Trump's subordinates just wouldn't carry out those no- mm-hmm. orders. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't carry them out because they were still beholden to the norms, even if he wasn't. And they were also worried about legal violations. Remember all those people that Trump insisted that his Justice Department prosecute, it didn't mm-hmm. happen. And right. that is also because, and, and the list goes on, even in the Justice Department headed by William Barr, where Barr has violated some norms, but people thought he was carrying Trump's water. And in fact, Trump is furious with Barr right now. He may even fire him during the transition because Barr, in fact, didn't carry out a lot of Trump's orders. Right. And the fact that he gets frustrated with them when they start to sort of push back on his orders or slow walk some of his orders, and then he's just done with them entirely is always amazing yeah. to me when they've they've gone so far out on a limb and risked you know their legacy entirely. You know, someday he may decide that Giuliani didn't go far enough for him and then, you know, we'll know we're in real trouble. Okay. So you know the story of the race to the South Pole, go with me here for a second, between the Norwegian explorer, I think his name was Amundsen, and then the British one, Robert Scott. So this is something that always comes to mind when I think about norms. So at least in the children's book version of this, Amundsen beat Scott to the South Pole because he was willing, his team was willing to eat their dogs. And Scott's team said, we are British. We are not going to eat our dogs. And the lesson of that is either you know, there's something very humane and wonderful in being a gentlemanly competitor like Scott, who wouldn't do something so inhumane as eat dogs, or the lesson is Amundsen won. And I feel like if there were something, we don't do that. We are American, right? We don't mess with the transition, the orderly transition of of power, a transfer of power from one president to the next. Or, you know, we don't uh, threaten our enemies like as they might do in Ukraine with incarceration. What would that we are Americans, we don't do X thing look like if you could sort of summarize it? Like that we don't eat our dogs or we don't solicit intervention in our elections from a hostile foreign power Tell me what you think, the we are American, we don't do X, that Trump did do. <laughs> I mean, again, the list, we could be here for hours going yeah. over the list of things, lots of things like that with the transition. I mean, he, Trump is perfectly within his rights to exhaust all of the legal remedies he thinks he has. So far, there seems to be no there there at all. And that's fine, but he's violated the expectations that have defined the offices for many, many decades now. Yeah. By not only not conceding in an election, he doesn't have a duty to concede this 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 yet. It's a norm. Mm-hmm. It's an expectation of right behavior uh, that presidents who lose do do, and, and it, it, the losing candidate does for the good of the nation, mm-hmm. because there's this sense of patriotism or this greater duty. Trump has not conceded when he should have, and moreover, and much worse, he has basically charged that the election was fraudulent when there's no evidence of that and the like. So, I mean, the list of things that we don't do that that one doesn't do that Trump has done, and it's literally there are dozens and dozens of things. The way he has treated his intelligence agencies, the way he's treated the press, the way he has um, in, in um, 
intervened in law enforcement matters, the way he's tried to shape the law to serve his personal interests and to protect himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't summarize it into one thing. Some people summarize the one thing that Trump hasn't has done wrong in terms of the constitutional oath. Every president takes an oath to uphold the Constitution. And people who believe, as I do, that Trump has abused his office terribly but hasn't necessarily violated a whole bunch of laws say that he has violated the spirit, if not the letter of the oath clause, because he hasn't, he basically has not conducted himself in office with what appears to be, in many, many contexts, the best interests of the country. Now, that's a contestable judgment. Trump supporters think the opposite, but that's my view. That was our preview. Aren't you compelled to hear more? You can. Just sign up for Slate Plus at slate.com slash Trumpcast Plus to listen to the full episode and get all our podcasts without ads. That's slate.com slash Trumpcast Plus.